Welcome to the Church's Testimony Podcast. The show is about giving the people of the church an opportunity to share about the things that God has done in their lives. We believe that through the sharing of testimony, God is glorified and the church is uplifted. Our hope is that this will unite and encourage the body of Christ around the world. Enjoy. Welcome to the Church's Testimony Podcast. My name is Cole and our guest today is an old friend, uh, Carlos Alvero. Hello, I'm not that old, but they've known me for a while. <laughs> Carlos and I go back uh, four or five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met each other in a diner. No, we met each other as uh, youth leaders at Village Church. That's right. Our theme verse for today, for our podcast as a whole, is Acts 4.18-20. to 20. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. And that's our heart for this testimony. So we've invited Carlos on here to tell us about what he has seen and heard, knowing that God brings glory through testimony. And we want you guys to be encouraged by listening. So Carlos, why don't you catch us up on a bit about who you are, where you come from, um, and maybe what you're doing right now before we get into some deeper aspects. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Before I dive into that, I just want to say thank you for inviting me to this podcast. When you guys first talked to me about it, uh, you and Noah, um, yeah, like I thought it was such a cool idea because I love, like I'm such a strong believer in sharing testimonies or sharing stories uh, because I believe um, and I can testify through like just personal experiences that they are exceedingly powerful. Yeah. Um, And I don't think that... uh, there's enough platform or environments in which people can safely share their stories. And so having something as simple as, you know, starting up a podcast where people can do so, um, and which can in- inspire people to also share their testimonies in their everyday life, mm-hmm. uh, I think can be a super powerful method, uh, all for the glory of God. So yeah, I know I'm super stoked about, uh, yeah. And for you guys inviting me to, to your place to, to share this, uh, or to share my testimony. So, yeah. Absolutely. I'm Thanks, man. We're very happy to have you. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you've taken some notes down there? <laughs> yeah. That's Just good. a little bit. Like, there's a lot of pieces in which uh, I highly value about testimonies. And hmm. uh, I took some notes, for sure, because uh, I didn't want to miss uh, anything that um, that I did want to say. Uh, so... Yeah, I just took some time to reflect on uh, just the power of testimony and personal experiences. So, yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you for prepping. Yeah, no worries. No worries. My pleasure. Uh, so I uh, am 25 years old. So I'm Sheesh. pretty young guy, <laughs> but kind of old. It's kind of crazy. Almost reaching 26. Uh, but yeah, so in my mere 25 years of life, uh, in the beginning of my life, I was raised in Surrey, BC, not too far from here in Langley, in which we're at, uh, which is around like 25 minutes away. Uh, yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. I come from a Filipino background, and so my parents uh, immigrated from the Philippines. They came mm. from their own Christian backgrounds. Um, and so just the life of Christianity was always so prevalent uh, in my life. I uh, went to a Christian school. I went to Surrey Christian um, from K to 12, kindergarten to grade 12. I uh, went to church uh, on a weekly basis. 
And so Christianity was just part of my ethos in life. Like, it was just part of my rhythms. Uh, and so I just, I, like, growing up, I was familiar with uh, the type, like, all the different types of vernacular. Hmm, um, yeah. The, the environment of Christianity, just, like, being in a Christian school, church. Uh, it was just, like, simply just so embedded in my life uh, that I didn't really know anything else. And so everything was familiar. Uh, so, yeah, like, it wasn't up until my beginning stages of high school uh, that like I started to to think more about things, uh, become more independent, uh, like classic teenager type mm. of stuff, in yeah. which uh, I believe that a lot of teenagers can also uh, resonate with. And so, yeah, like growing up, it was great. Um, yeah, like family was great. I uh, had some awesome, awesome friends that I grew up with. Uh, but yeah, I did have my personal struggles for sure. Uh, in high school. And so something that definitely set me back in which I like in retrospect now, hmm. I'm realizing that definitely had a huge, huge impact uh, on myself uh, growing up. So it was in grade six, uh, where I was first exposed to pornography, yeah. which is like a classic thing that uh, people people share pretty often. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a prevalent, prevalent uh, issue that goes on uh, in lives, everyone's lives, guys, girls. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so it was a thing that I was exposed to when I was in grade six, like I was like 12 years old. Wow. Um, and yeah, it was like this ongoing thing in which uh, I was just consumed by for like years and years and years throughout high school uh, and even middle school. But for me, like I didn't know that was an issue in my life. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Because yeah, like society told me that that was normal. Like it was a normal thing to to do as a as a young boy growing up into being a teenager. Yeah. Uh, Did and you so, like were your friends also in this? And you guys, yeah. And so it was yeah. like it was normal conversation, hmm. like talking about like the classic like sex words um, as a young guy. Uh, and so I didn't know that it was a problem. Um, and so like it grew into high school. Uh, and so that was a thing that was an issue in my life in high school, but at the time in high school, I didn't know it was an issue. Yeah. And so with that, I also got caught up in like partying and smoking, consuming alcohol. Um, yeah. Cause growing up, I was the type of guy who would just go with the flow. Uh, like hmm. I loved pleasing people. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I wanted to be like that hype guy where I was like, man, like, yeah, I'm going to go to this party for sure. Yeah. Like I'm going to drink and get like, I'm going to drink, I'm going to smoke, uh, just to be with like my friends. Uh, but like deep down in those moments, like I knew that I shouldn't have done that, but because I was such a people pleaser, like my vision was just so faded for like my own integrity yeah. that like, I didn't really care about like how it would affect me, hmm. but focusing on like how it, how my life can affect others yeah. as opposed to just reflecting on my own life. Yeah. Your eyes weren't on the Lord. There wasn't. No, there. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, growing up in middle school and high school. Uh, yeah, of course, like I was exposed to Christianity, but it was something that didn't hit my heart. Hmm. Like it wasn't something that was deeply rooted in me. And so, yeah, of course, like I knew like the language, I knew the vernacular, um, I knew the rhythms of church and stuff, uh, but it was something that was just such, a, such an outward thing yeah. um, that continued to just be a thing where I was like, I was always focusing on the outward and never focusing on the inward. So, yeah, uh, that was... That was some struggles in my life, uh, for sure. Uh, but like, I loved high school. Like, high school was great. Had awesome friends. Um, but those were things that set me back for sure. 
Uh, and I didn't recognize that setback up until essentially my second year in university. Hmm. And so after graduation, uh, I was like kind of in this mode of like, man, like I love this like party lifestyle. Uh, I love pe like pleasing people, feeding my feelings. And so I was caught in the decision of like which university I wanted to go to. Yeah. Um, what were the options that you were looking so at? So the options were either go to Trinity Western uh, in Langley, uh, the classic yeah, Christian university yeah. uh, in the lower mainland. Uh, yeah, I was exposed to Trinity because my siblings also went there. So mm. I have an older sister who went there. Uh, an older brother. And so like, I kind of knew the ins and outs of Trinity. And so it was familiar uh, yeah. to me. Uh, but then there's also UVic, the University of Victoria, oh, okay. which is known to be like this party school. And so yeah. I was like, oh yeah, like I want to party. Like I want to move to the island, be a lot more independent. Um, um, buy some Blundstones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I did kind of get in that phase with Trinity, like buying mm -hmm. Blundstones and whatnot. Uh, but actually not really. I didn't get caught up in it, but I was tempted. I was tempted. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, so I was caught up in that decision. Either I go to UVic, live, continue to live that party lifestyle, or go to Trinity Western, which was like the safer option for me. Yeah, uh, in which I knew what it was about. It was pretty close to home, um, so it's like like I knew that I wanted to live on campus, mm -hmm. uh, regardless of what university I would go to. Yeah. Uh, and so going to Trinity, I was like, yeah, I'll live on campus, but like on the weekends, I can still go home, um, and like do my laundry there, and like still be around friends and family that I had in high school. Uh, and so, yeah, just upon reflection, I didn't re reflect too much about it. I kind of came with a whim decision that I was just going to go to Trinity. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, Trinity was a really, really powerful moment. Like I went there for four and a half years and it shaped me so much into the person that I am now. Hmm. And so going to Trinity, um, I knew it was a Christian school. I was like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to like be formed or like become like a a Christian who like really is wrestling with their faith. Yeah. I thought I was just going to go get my degree uh, and leave and continue just, you know, live life. Okay. Uh, and following like my own dreams, my own hopes, mm -hmm. uh, going my own way. Do you think you had a bit of a desire to be transformed? Like maybe if it wasn't a conscious one, do you think that like was a part little of the bit, decision? A little bit. I think just like wrestling in high school with like the things I knew I shouldn't have done. Yeah. I was like, okay, like there needs to be something else because it wasn't mm -hmm. like the life that I was living pleasing people doing this and that going to parties wasn't fulfilling yeah uh, so i was like oh man like i knew deep down this is all in retrospect uh i knew deep down that like i wanted to be formed in some sort of different way or be exposed hmm. to a different way um but like yeah in that stage of life between like high school and university like i didn't really care too much because uh, like everything was just so jaded to me i was like yeah just going with the flow and so yeah it yeah, like in my first year of university, I was still kind of in that mode of like going my own way. Um, I still wanted to like please people and stuff. Uh, and so that lifestyle kind of percolated into my first semester, yep. um, living on campus and stuff. Uh, but being exposed to this different Christian environment where people around me were really wrestling with their faith hmm. in a great way to like know God more, to, to know what it means to be a Christian and in their everyday life. Yeah. Um, and how they lived their life too, with like such love and compassion for others. It caught my attention uh, for sure. And so like just being around different people, um, like, yeah, being around a different Christian environment for me uh, that was just so filled with community, filled with the sense of love for others. Hmm. Um, 
yeah, like it stirred in my heart. And so being around this awesome group of guys in my first year yeah. uh, in my dorm, uh, who just like loved God, um, wanted to serve others, uh, made their life more than just around or, or revolved around themselves. Uh, I was like, man, there's something different about these guys uh, and these girls on campus, like all the people, or yeah, the, the people that I met at Trinity. Um, they were just so captivating to me and endearing. And so, yeah, it wasn't until my second year where I really started to wrestle with that. And I was like, man, like there's something about these people and like, mm. like how did they come to be? Um, and so in dorms, we had this opportunity uh, to share our personal testimonies, oh, sick. Uh, which is actually pretty cool. So that's kind of part of the dorm culture at Trinity where it's yeah. like at these dorm meetings, uh, people had an opportunity to share their stories, uh, both in an in-depth ways or however they want to share. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like getting to hear people's stories of how, like, it was also pretty similar to mine where it's like they grew up in a Christian environment, but didn't really like take it as their own. Uh, or their faith as their own. Uh, I was like, man, like I'm not alone in this, hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, getting to hear people's testimonies being like, man, there's other people who are also in the same position as me. Um, yeah, it was really cool. And so I started to open up more and more. <laughs> it's a cute dog right beside me. Yeah, just had the dog jump up on the couch. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I started to wrestle more with my faith in my second year uh, and started to really open up uh, the scriptures and read them. Uh, and like, yeah, I was just so caught up in reading the gospels, uh, again, uh, in a deeper way. And so in my second year, um, being around, uh, another great group of guys in a dorm setting, uh, yeah, like my love for Jesus just grew more and more and being around a great group of Christian guys, uh, yeah, it just made me feel so alive mm. as a person. Yeah. Um, what was the differences, like some of the main differences that you saw between these guys that were in your life now versus mm -hmm. the guys you grew up with kind of at Surrey Christian or the friend group that you hung out with in your high school years before going to Trinity? I think like living in a, a community where it's like you see these guys every day, you're living with them. Like it felt like camp, right? Or it's yeah. like you're living with these guys. It's the, the living situation is intimate. Um, and authentic too, like the environment in which I was living in was authentic where people could just be real with one another, um, was cool. And so I think it was that piece of authenticity and deep connection, uh, and community, uh, was the big difference. Yeah. So I got baptized, uh, in front of my dorm and in front of my church at White Rock beach. Uh, this is in 2017 in my second year uh, of university. And how old were you at that point? And I was, I believe 20, Okay. 19 or 20. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I got baptized in front of my dorm, in front of my family, in front of a big group of people. Uh, and it was such a cool moment for me uh, to really take it as my own. Um, yeah, and so after my baptism, uh, I got to uh, just like hug the guys in my dorm, just thanking them for just all that they uh, have done for my life. And wow. I was just so grateful for that community. Um, and so, yeah, I, I drove separately to my baptism. Uh, and I got into my car and I called my parents being like, hey, like mom and dad, um, like, is it cool if we can like grab lunch together? Like, it'd be a cool time to just like celebrate yeah. uh, what happened. Uh, and they're like, yeah, sure. Um, and so we met up at the local Nando's. Oh, I love Nando's. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and so we had, yeah, a bite to eat. 
And on my car ride, I just had this conviction uh, to tell my parents my deepest struggle. Wow. Um, I don't know where it exactly came from. Um, but I can guess. Yeah. The spirit. <laughs> the spirit. I think it might be the spirit. Uh, but yeah, like I just had this conviction that I needed to tell them that I was dealing with uh, this pornography addiction. And so it was just this prompting by the spirit. It was like a quick decision being like, hey, like, Carlos, you're just going to tell them like you're dealing with this. You're wrestling with it. Um, and yeah, like my heart was pounding, like leading up to going mm. to Nando's on my car ride by myself, meeting yeah. them there. And I was like, man, I don't know if I can do this because as I was thinking about the different situations, I was like, man, like what are my parents going to think? Yeah. Like, are they going to disown me? Are they going to feel like super disappointed? Like, is our relationship going to dissipate or grow more distant because mm. of my self-revealing this? Wow. Uh, and so my heart was pounding going to the restaurant, walking up to the table, meeting my parents there. And so as we were eating, I paused our conversation like it was super casual. And then I just paused it. I was like, hey, mom and dad, like, I have to tell you something. Hmm. And they're like, yeah, what is it? And so like at that moment, I took this longer pause. My heart was pounding. I was overthinking the different situations of how they would react. Yeah. And I just told them, I'm like, mom and dad, like I've been dealing with this addiction to pornography for quite a while, uh, ever mm. since middle school. Um, and I just wanted to, to share that with you, uh, that it is something that I'm wrestling with. I'm, that I'm like, I'm growing, uh, to continue to wrestle with, with the guys I'm with. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to let you know that. And so when I said that, like there was this pretty long pause and I was looking at my parents' eyes. Oh, and I was like, man, like they look kind of disappointed. I don't know what they're going to say. Like they paused too. And so my heart just like sank at that moment. Yeah. Wow. Um, but no then response. my dad, yeah. Like having that no response for a quick period of time. And then my dad, he spoke and he's like, yeah, like Carlos, like I get it. Like it's a, it's a thing that guys do struggle with. Um, hmm. And I understand. Oh, what a good response. Yeah. Like it was a simple response, but he said that I understand. Wow. Um, and that it's okay. And then I looked at my mom and she's like, yeah, like I get it. Like it's hard. I understand too. Um, and so it was at that moment where I felt like this huge burden was lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. Uh, and I felt like at that moment, that was like my baptism. In well, a sense. Yeah. Like I like when I got baptized in the water, I wasn't like like I was kind of expecting being like, oh, like something miraculous is gonna happen when I like come out of the water. But I was like, ah oh, no, I still feel the same. Like I understood that it was a symbol, but I was like still expecting of like something still yeah. happening in that moment. Uh, but it was at the moment in which I heard my parents say that I understand hmm. where I felt like that was a moment that was just such a such a a powerful and I believe like spirit empowered moment wow. where the Holy Spirit was like, yes, like, like this is a moment that is going to be pivotal for your life. Hmm. Uh, and it was yeah. like, it was after that moment in which uh, my parents understood and where our relationship got even closer because like I had nothing to hide from them anymore. Yeah. Uh, where like our bonds started to become closer I really began to wrestle with, okay, like I want to live my faith outwardly. Um, yeah, because like it was such a powerful moment. Like 
Hmm. After that moment, I drove back to my house. Uh, I was living, yeah, I drove back to my house. Uh, sorry, my parents' house. Okay. And I got there first uh, and the house was empty. And so I was just there alone and I sat on my couch. Uh, my parents, they went somewhere else. They were like at the store and then they were gonna come back to the house. And I sat down on the couch and I just wept. Like, I'm not the type of guy who, who cries. Like, I'm yeah. not too emotional. Uh, but that moment was just so captivating and so endearing that, like, man, I just needed to cry. And so, like, I was weeping. Like, it wasn't just tears, but I was weeping, being like, whoa, like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. That, like, I'm weeping like this. Yeah. Was it, uh, like, tears of joy? Were you just so thankful? Or was yeah, it, more it was tears yeah. of joy, tears of, like, man, this huge burden lifted off my shoulders. Like I literally felt physically like there was something on my shoulders that was literally lifted off for me. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, like I just cried, man. And so after that, um, I just started to, to try to figure out ways in which like I can grow deeper as a Christian, like looking at opportunities in which I can serve, serve outside of myself, make my life not just around myself and my own desires, hmm. uh, but around um, serving others. And so, yeah, like the Lord just started to open up opportunities where I can serve. Um, and yeah, even the following year, I lived in dorms again, but the Lord provided an opportunity for myself to be a resident assistant or an RA at Trinity. Yeah. Uh, and like looking at the RAs in my first year, I was like, oh man, I could never do that. Like next year, like the following years, I was like, man, that can't be me. Like I'm not that type of leader. I'm not that type of Christian who's like strong in their faith. And when I got the opportunity to be an RA, I was like, man, I still feel so inequipped. Hmm. I'm like, I can't be ready for this. Yeah. But the Lord provided an opportunity. Wow. Like I simply sent in my application, did an interview, felt so ill-equipped, hmm. but I just needed to walk in obedience because I felt the Lord just prompted yeah. me, hey, do this. Yeah, he qualifies the called. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, like it was through being an RA, uh, working at camp. That's where I met Noah. Mm -hmm. uh, what camp was that? Camp Luther. Oh, okay. Out in mission, uh, where I began to serve, like where I began to be a person in which I can share the gospel hmm. to kids, uh, who have heard the gospel before or who, or who haven't, um, and being gifted the opportunity to work in ministry. That's like really hands-on, yeah. uh, to share the love of Christ, uh, with kids, with others, uh, at camp. Uh, and so like it was those moments where I was like serving outside of myself where I just felt more fully alive as a person hmm. Like I felt the sense of joy in which I never have felt before in the past yeah. So I'm like there's something to this. So I really started to wrestle with my faith more and more um, Like knowing more who God is knowing more of what Jesus has done for my life uh, Yeah, and my life was just transforming really quickly. And I was like man I feel so different and so like every time at that moment when I would then go back to hang out with my high school friends whenever they like were having conversations with me or like were in my presence, they were just like, there's something different about you. Like what mm. happened? And I'm like, man, like I accepted Jesus. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking to live a life after him, uh, to walk in his way. Wow. Um, the old Carlos never came back from white rock beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Um, yeah. And so like, it wasn't until like I heard those words from my friends being like, man, like I really am transforming in a way um, that is, I guess, more vivid in a sense. Um, but yeah. And so 
the Lord was good and like he provided opportunities for me to serve. And so, yeah. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that's crazy. And so, yeah, that's like kind of led me into the life that I'm in right now. Where it's like, I get to work in a, an awesome Christian school. So I'm actually working at Surrey Christian okay, uh, yeah, right tell now. Us, tell us a little bit about uh, that. So for the past three years, um, over COVID and up until now, I've been working as a special educational assistant, uh, working as a teacher, working in athletics uh, at the at the high school campus or the and secondary that, campus. Yeah, does that line up with your degree? Like, is that kind of what you thought you were going to do? No, I had no idea that I was going to do that. So at Trinity, I graduated with a media and communications major and a minor in business. Okay. Uh, thinking that I was going to go into the marketing firm because at that time I was like, oh man, like I do want to make some money. Yeah, stocks, um, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I envisioned myself being like this future marketing manager and stuff because uh, I did have this, like this the sense in which God has gifted me to be someone that could, I guess, thrive in marketing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't know if this is for me. Um, And so, yeah, like I also felt at camp where like the Lord has prompted in my heart, hey, like I want you to be in in some ministry capacity. Hmm. Uh, And so, yeah, like I really wrestled with it after I graduated from Trinity. And so I worked at Surrey Christian as a special educational assistant. Uh, for a year to like really just think about, okay, where is God calling me? Yeah. And so I knew that this position would just be like a simple one-year thing where I could work, uh, discern, um, yeah, that vocational calling. Hmm. But just working at Surrey Christian for that one year uh, has definitely opened my eyes to, to education uh, and specific uh, Christian education because I love hanging out with youth. Um, and yeah, so I loved it a lot. And so I was like, man, I'm going to pursue education. And so I put marketing on the back burners. I'm like, maybe I can go back into marketing. Okay. Uh, but yeah, and so I'm still at Surrey Christian. I love what I do. Um, Want to be a teacher now. So yeah, total, that's where I'm at. Total career shift. Yeah, total yeah. career shift. Uh, and yeah, I love what I'm doing. Like I wake up literally every single day excited to go to work, uh, to hang out with these with these students, these teachers, uh, in a fun, awesome Christian environment. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm at now and it's good. So yeah, the Lord continues to provide opportunities for my life and I'm so, so thankful. Um, Yeah, because all glory to him. Like I'm so thankful that I'm in the position now Hmm. uh, where I am at. So yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's take a break. Take a break for five and then come back to it. Okay. So now we're going to go into just a bit of a response time. And why don't you start us off, Carlos, with telling us a bit more about um, maybe your favorite kind of part of teaching, your job you have right now. Hmm. Yeah, I think my favorite part of teaching is just being in a space in which I can just like have discussion with students, uh, giving them a space to have a voice uh, in the classroom setting. Uh, Like, for example, 
So I was teaching uh, this Matt Lee from Maternity Leave at yeah. Surrey Christian, uh, where I was teaching English 11 Dude, for classic around... Classic English teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was teaching uh, English for around uh, five to six weeks. Uh, and so my final project for these students uh, was for them to, to perform a public speech, but specifically about their story. For students um, in high school, uh, I acknowledge sometimes, just like based on what they're talking about, uh, that uh, they're not exactly inclined uh, to pursue authenticity uh, mm -hmm. with each other. Yeah. And so I knew that it would be of value for students to, to do a project in which they can and which can prompt them to be more authentic with one another yeah, uh, and just be real That's uh, cool. with one another too. And so for this po final project, um, they uh, were to share a four to five minute uh, story uh, just about their lives. They can share kind of anything about what they wanted to share regarding their story. And, and so with these projects or with these speeches, uh, there was some really cool stories, some really cool uh, little anecdotes in which students were sharing, being like, yeah, like I've struggled with body image. I've struggled with depression. Hmm. Uh, and so for students to hear each other talking about their struggles, uh, like I just knew that there was this captivating moment between students where they're like, man, like I didn't know this about this student or this person. Uh, and so like, yeah, as time went on, like in that class, they're like starting to just ask more questions about each other's stories outside of the classroom setting uh, and even in. And so, yeah, just like, yeah, students are wanting to have that more and more to share their stories, which is cool to see. And so like, yeah, I was super stoked in which um, students could share their authentic stories. Uh, yeah. What was some like some advice you gave them for sharing their story or for being authentic? How did you kind of empower them to do so? Or what advice would you give if you're going to do it again? Yeah. And so for these students and for anyone uh, sharing their stories, yeah, uh, I would just recommend that you start off simple. Uh, it doesn't have to be the super extravagant, deep story. Uh, but yeah, like just keep your stories like authentic, be real, um, hmm. share anything that you want, uh, in a sense that is simple, uh, concise in a way, uh, starting off with like just sharing your testimonies with your friends, uh, close, like one-on-one -on -one conversation, sharing your testimony, sharing in front of like a, a smaller group of three or four people, um, in which then could like possibly lead to sharing in front of more people. Yeah. Uh, just getting that comfort. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I had students, uh, as they were prepping for these speeches in which they did in front of the class, uh, to start practicing just in front of one another, one-on-one, -on -one, in front of three people, in front of your parents. Uh, and so, yeah, that's simple, simple advice that I would give to anyone, uh, start off small and then maybe one day you're sharing your story in front of like thousands of people. Yeah. It's something so, you have to develop. Yeah, yeah totally. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I just find so much value in sharing testimonies like they give so much hope to people like they provide encouragement. Uh, it creates deeper connections with people. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. And like just sharing your testimony like it's a simple and practical and effective way uh, to, to reveal God's existence, uh, to reveal Jesus's power uh, in the everyday now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just so much value like. Yeah just to share like how God has been working in your life um, hmm. is really cool. Like 
I believe that we, like, I strongly believe that we are to make known what God has done and what he is doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, just something as simple as sharing your, your testimony. Yeah. So. As for us, we will not stop sharing about what we've seen <laughs> and heard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And even you look at, um, like, Jesus' disciples, you know, hmm. and in the Bible, there was no such thing as Christianity without community. Mm. And what better way to create community than confessing, repenting, whatever, sharing, and mm-hmm. bringing people into your life by letting right. them know what's happened, by what you have seen and heard, by what's happened in your life, by how you've been healed, mm-hmm. how God's turned your suffering to glory, you know? Mm-hmm. So Right. Because like sharing your story, confessing is hard. Like yeah. it's super hard. It's not easy. Uh, yeah, like you, when you were sharing with your parents, you know, you were you had a good what thirty minutes where you were mulling over these emotions that you oh, were struggling totally, with. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Like there was a lot of hesitation for sure, um, but yeah, like I just let people know all the time that there's so much fruit that can come out of sharing your story, mm-hmm. uh, like how it can affect your own life and others people, other people's lives too. Uh, yeah, like it's a really really powerful method. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Are you familiar with um, the parable of the seed and the soil? Mm-hmm. You know, before you shared your testimony, what kind of soil do you think you would have identified yourself with? You know, you've got like the dry soil that uh, the root kind of withers and dies and it doesn't, it doesn't stay straight, you know, because mm-hmm. it doesn't have a firm foundation. There's... Um, the the gravel like the rocks and stuff there's uh the thorns that overcome and choke it and Mm. then there's the good soil you know Mm. um what do you think you would have identified with before you'd confess to your parents and maybe did it change after or what that looked like for you Hmm. like it was pretty it was pretty dry prior Hmm. for sure uh like, I just didn't feel rooted up until that moment where I did confess. Yeah. So confession rooted you. Confession did root me for sure. Well, wow. For sure. Like, I just felt like this burden lifted off my shoulders in which then I could then pursue uh, my relationships with others, my relationship with God deeper. Um, and so, yeah, I just felt like the soil then afterwards just be hard, be, started to become a lot more fertile in a way in which I felt so alive to go deeper uh, with scripture, knowing God more, knowing other others more Hmm. uh, and even being more self-aware of myself and my weaknesses and even in my strengths too, uh, to go deeper and be more rooted. So yeah, definitely start off dry, but now yeah, it's growing deeper and deeper every day. Wow. You talked a lot too about your heart for serving. Do you think Mm -hmm. that, has like continued to, in your own language, like made the soil more fertile, fertile, kind of being uh, equipped through the calling, you know? Because it's not, you didn't think you were going to work at Camp Luther. You didn't mm. think you were going to be working in the school district, but now you're here mm-hmm. and your faith is the best it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like just myself being more others focused as opposed to self-focused. Yeah, like I acknowledge that self-care is important. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I believe that we ought to care for ourselves in which then we can care for others better. Yeah. Uh, and so I did, not, did acknowledge that like, yeah, I needed to take care of myself, reflect, um, be in wise counsel, uh, really wrestle with uh, my struggles. Um, 
but then focusing more on the outward in which I can serve and living life outside of just myself uh, has been really, really fruitful for my life. Uh, just brought me a lot more joy. Uh, like I have the sense, like I find so much joy in pouring into others. Uh, like it, yeah, like even at Surrey Christian right now, the place in which I work, in which I can just invest into students, like that brings me so much joy. Like that's what gets me up in the morning. Just be with these students and yeah, just pour into them. Like what I, the wisdom that I've gained yeah. uh, throughout my years, uh, especially at Trinity. Um, yeah. So one other thing I want to touch on before we start to wrap it up. Um, for as long as I've known you, you've worn essentially this same outfit or at least the same colors. Essentially, um, yeah. Yeah, you're wearing black hoodie, black t-shirt, black shorts with white socks, white shoes. Um, what's, what's the reasoning behind that? And when, maybe when did it start? Like what made you start this? Yeah, it started in my fourth year in university. Uh, this is around like three, four years ago, Okay. Uh, where I just really wanted to wrestle with uh, the aspect of simplicity. Hmm. Uh, and that was like when the rise of minimalism started to percolate into the culture. Yeah. And so I just wrestled with like even my clothing. And so growing up, I loved buying clothes. Like I love going to like Paxson, Zoomies. Paxson. Um, yeah, like I it was endeared by clothing, uh, but it wasn't until my fourth year where I was like, man, like, I don't think that people really care about what I wear. Hmm. And so I decided to do this like little like quote unquote social experiment. Yeah. Uh, I got the inspiration from uh, this YouTuber uh, and he had this challenge where he bought uh, seven of the same shirts uh, from like Walmart, seven or sorry, three pairs of the same jeans. And he just wore that for like five, six months wow. and he reflected on it. Uh, and he was like, yeah, like just wearing this outfit every day, like it made my life much more simple. Like he didn't care about uh, how he really looked like, uh, like dressing up in the morning. He's like, man, this is just like my uniform for the day. Yeah. Uh, and it just made life really simple. Hmm. Um, and so I was like, man, that's like really cool. And so I wanted to do that in my life. So I went to Walmart. I bought seven of the same gray t-shirts, uh, three pairs of uh, black jeans. Uh, and so I just wore that for around six, six months, six months, six months walking wow. around campus. Uh, and like, yeah, even like being around friends and stuff, like they didn't really notice that I was wearing the same outfit yeah. for like four or five months. Uh, but there's like a handful of people, like three people who noticed that I was wearing the same thing. But I was like, man, people really don't care about what I wear. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's been a habit that I've just kept and so i basically wear all black all the time mm -hmm. keep it super simple like i have different pairs of shoes that like i don't have a lot of shoes but uh like i have stuff with like color and whatnot yeah. uh, but basically my outfit every day is just like wearing black shorts or pants and a black t-shirt black yeah. hoodie uh and i just kept rolling with it mm -hmm. yeah That's it's like so this cool. this aspect of like uh what is it called decision fatigue like, I don't have decision fatigue in the morning because, like, I know what I'm wearing in the morning. Oh, yeah. So, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. So, going, following that route a little bit, mm -hmm. what, like, how has it affected you? You know, what have been some of the benefits coming from it? I think just the simple thing of having a simple attire, like wearing the similar th clothing every day, has just always reminded me to 
keep the main thing, the main thing to always mm. focus on the things that really do matter in life to yeah. keep things simple, um, to not really focus on like myself. Uh, but like, yeah, keeping my, my mental life, my spiritual life, just simple, like simply focused on Jesus, simply focused on, um, yeah, my walk with him. Um, because in life, like, man, there's just so much going on. Like life is complex, especially in this Western world where it's like, we have so much to, to be distracted by like social media, uh, things to buy on Amazon. Like there's so much decisions to make, like there's so much opportunities to, to pursue. Um, but just to keep life simple, as simple as wearing the same thing every day, uh, just prompts me to always keep life simple to focus on things that matter. Yeah. Well, mm. just less things between you and God. Yeah. It's very simple. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's a cool yeah. way of looking yeah. at it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for sharing, Carlos. I think yeah, for we'll, sure. we'll wrap it up there. And I'm glad that we were able to hear so much about your testimony and kind of what you've walked through with, you know, your own high school friend group to a new friend group in your dorm. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about confession and the power of testimony and even just the simple practice of simplicity um, in the way you dress yourself every day. It's been such a blessing to hear from you. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's, it's been fun. Uh, yeah, it on this podcast. So, yeah, no, I'm definitely uh, 